It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, he wasn't there last night. We could tell. We'll talk about that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everybody, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, it's a cold, cold Tuesday morning, and it makes it even worse because the Minnesota Vikings lost to Chicago Bears 10 to 12. I think the Gophers beat Iowa 10 to 12. So I don't know if people are in the numbers, uh, but I don't know how you can play 10 and 12 in the lottery, but go do it. I know I probably will. Uh, I don't know if there's any parlays on FanDuel or anything that have 10 and 12 to do with it. For the Minnesota people that like numbers, jump on FanDuel and do it because we want you to know today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started well on today's show we're going to talk about vikings bears we're going to talk about this guy number eight i wasn't gonna i was gonna wear this today vikings gave me this jersey yes it is a kirk cousins it's not just a a great coleman throwback jersey uh they donned these jerseys again last night uh everybody was expecting so nice they wore them twice okay stop it now it's it's you can't wear it thrice don't do it again um and josh dobbs came out got announced that was the last time they didn't announce them. Maybe they need to stop announcing them. I don't know. Last time they didn't announce them, uh, did pretty good. Stop announcing them. Like, maybe that's part of it. But as I bring my producer to the show, Sam Ekstrom, uh, we're going to talk. Is Kirk Cousins, like, what's the answer now? Because we, we we were so sure that, like, oh, let's extend Dobbs. Let's uh, let's figure out ways to, to, to move on from Kirk's salary. Let's do all this stuff. And, uh no, I don't know if we can do that. And then, of course, we got the daily three. That's three questions, about three minutes each. And you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Again, that's Amazon Fire and Roku. Whatever devices you're using, could be your TV, uh, could be your, your tablet, whatever. You can get Roku or, or, sorry, Amazon Fire on any tablet. And you can also get the uh, Roku device if you have a Roku TV, which I do. Just search, scroll, look for Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll get all of our shows. And, of course, we're on YouTube. Uh, but as I bring Sam in, Sam, yep, uh, you got to go to the game. Uh, you were at the game. I, as well. I went to the game. As, I, I thought about this. I have covered about 100 games mm-hmm. in that stadium. High school, pro, never had a ticket. Never. Had, so I'm like the last person in Minnesota to actually go to the game with a ticket and sit in the stands. Uh, different experience. Different experience. Yeah, so I don't know. You tell me what was because in the in the, you know this in the press box, um, you really can't uh, understand because the fans you get different. You get the loudest voice, but you don't get like all the voices. You don't really understand what the fans are really thinking 
So quickly, what was the fan experience around you? Like, was it we hate him? Where's Kirk Cousins? Kevin O'Connell has to go. Like, what were people saying? Yeah, honestly, I didn't hear a lot of direct shots at Dobbs, but (laughs) you did hear, and I'm sure you did too, Ron, the boos. The boo birds were out in that game with the offense stubbing its toe over and over again. And I don't know if people really have held Dobbs to kind of like a super high standard like they did Kirk Cousins. So I don't think people were hating on Dobbs necessarily. It was kind of like, oh, man, it's all it's coming back on us now. We had our fun with Josh Dobbs and now we're getting a dose of reality. That's what it felt like. Um, I think probably. The boos are directed a little bit at, at KOC too for not being able to move the offense or or mm-hmm. you know construct uh, a play sequence that gets the ball down the field. That probably played into it a little bit. I thought. Um, I, I thought other than even as ugly as the game was, I thought the fans were super engaged. I mean, I thought that people were really ready to buy in and go crazy, and and they did when Hawkinson scored the go ahead touchdown. People were pumped. People love primetime football. You don't need a good game. You need a close game. And they had a close game, but uh second straight week defense couldn't get a stop at the end. Yeah. And I think that was the big thing defensively. They couldn't get stopped at the end, but they did hold them 12 points, no touchdowns, all field goals. And I was at the game, Sam, here's, here's the thing that they threw me off the most. Uh, the bears. And I saw Courtney Cronin from ESPN tweet this. I well, we were going to have her on the show today, but her flight left this morning. She said at 8 a.m., uh, so that would not have worked. Uh, I don't think we've ever done a, pl- a show with somebody live from an airplane. Uh, probably would be, be good. It would be, but probably be annoying for the people around her. Like, <laughs> like why is she talking so loud? Like, stop talking to them. <laughs> you know, like the person would be like, shh, we're on an airplane. This is eight in the morning, too. People leaving Minnesota, going back to Chicago. It's probably the workers and then a lot of tired people who just came to visit, you know, for the holiday. Yeah. They've uh, got plus, the sleep masks on. Yeah, plus the Bears fans. Because you do know you always have those, like, corporate people they do the chicago minnesota flights for work uh but then i'm pretty sure you would have had a lot of bears fans going back to uh chicago who came here maybe just for the weekend for this game or they have family here uh but courtney cronin tweeted something to the respect of uh josh or uh luke getsy threw the ball like you know jalen hurts threw the ball not jalen hurts justin fields same person uh justin fields let me just pull it up justin fields threw the ball um he had like 21 throws at or behind the line of scrimmage. And I kind of pointed that out last night as well, um, that I felt like, um, what's his name? Luke Getzey called a better game than Kevin O'Connell. And this is why. So some people are mad about Luke Getzey doing that because it says Justin Fields. Yeah, here it is. Per ESPN, Justin Fields was blitzed 52% of his dropbacks. The Bears tried to combat that with hor- with the horizontal passing game, 13 screen passes, which led to Justin Fields' lowest air yards, 2.4, and completion yards of 1.9 in his career. He threw 21 passes thrown at or behind the line of scrimmage, the most in the NFL since 2020, which 2020 is not a long time ago. Like I, I can say if it said like since 1961, uh, <laughs> I hate when people do that. Like since 2020, like that's like three years ago, like yeah. literally, like it's not that far. Like, okay. Like it was three years ago. Like stop acting like, don't say 2020. Like, Oh my God, it's 1920 and nobody's throwing the ball 21 times behind or at the line of scrimmage since, since 19. But I guarantee if you look at teams uh, like the Eagles, They've had some horizontal passing games. Now, granted, they have weapons. They do, but Luke Getzi, I like that. Like, I feel like the horizontal pass is an extended handoff. You're getting it away from the big, the big uglies, and now you're making the run game theoretically between your receivers and DBs. Um, more likely to maybe break a big one, 
Uh, I think he was hoping for DJ Moore to make a big play. I, the only thing I think Luke Getze messed up in is he didn't have a secondary like trick play with that. Because once he finally got Makai Blackman and those guys just knowing, like, boom, every time we see Blitz, he's going to throw a ver- uh, horizontal. Um, wh- why isn't there a secondary play? Why isn't there – like, if yeah. Makai Blackman – that one Makai Blackman th- blew up DJ Moore. If that receiver was running a fake go, it's a touchdown. Because Makai Blackman at no point honored the guy blocking him. At no point. He triggered – if you watch that playback, he triggered and tried to sidestep him – the minute he saw the receiver break down, like the minute he saw the receiver break down and the receiver was smart because you can't block before the pass is thrown since it is technically a forward pass. And so he kind of just broke down and waited and Makai Blackman kind of olayed him. Um, if he was running a stalk and then go, it's a touchdown. And so I don't know if Luke gets, he maybe was like, well, we don't need to do this against the Vikings because we're going to win this. I'm going to save this and put it on tape later. But if he had pumped and thrown it, And that's why I think Kevin O'Connell has the weapons to do that kind of stuff. You have a guy in Brandon Powell to me that can be an explosive weapon. When you watch him on punt return, you watch him on jet sweeps, give him the ball more, run, run some horizontal stuff to make the linebackers get out of the box. Whenever you do that, it opens up the run game. And you saw that with the Vikings, like the Vikings had to get stretched horizontally. What started happening? Run lanes start opening up. Um, That's, that's where I think Kevin O'Connell, like this whole Kevin O'Connell, Josh Dobbs thing. Like he last night to me, was a coach that said, I have extremely smart quarterback, rocket scientist, rocket science, you know, whatever, astronaut engineer, all this crap. He had him. He said, I got 27 days now with this guy because I talked to Keenan O'Connell or uh, Keenan O'Connell, Keenan uh, uh, McCardell before the game. And I was just kind of like, man, what's, what's, what's up with 15? You know, what's, what's blah, blah. He's like, man, one thing my receivers know, stay alive because the play is never over. Even if you hear like, oh, or you know, like he's not probably down, like just keep moving. Don't ever give up. That's one. He said, two, Josh Dobbs needs to learn this offense even more. Like, the more he learns it, the better he's going to get. Well, the problem is he only has that 27 days. Imagine what Kirk Cousins looked like in the first couple of games under Kevin O'Connell. He didn't have a full grasp of the offense. This year he had it. So you can say whatever you want. Uh, Aerospace engineer versus Michigan State grad. I mean, of course, Michigan State, I would never say is one of the smarter schools. Um, but <laughs> like Kirk Cousins, it took him a whole year. Like Kirk Cousins is pretty cerebral, and it took him a full year to really grasp his offense. He kept saying, I'm getting better and better and better. I'm really understanding what Kevin O'Connell wants. Just Jobs has no idea what Kevin O'Connell is even thinking. And so to leave him in the pocket as much as he did to me is a huge error and an indictment on um, I kind of feel like reading the headlines. Like it's almost like they went to the game just like, oh, there's a movie. Like Josh Dobbs is going to do it again. Uh, he's magical. And he did have some magic moments. And the Bears kind of stuck to their game of like the minute you feel like he's out, I need that next guy to start. Just start running. Like don't even think about where Just start running because they always had a second guy ready to keep Josh Dobbs like behind the line of scrimmage. And so they did a good job. And so, you know, that's the thing. I, I just don't feel like you can let him just sit in the pocket like Kirk Cousins. He is not Kirk Cousins. He has to be able to roll out. He has to run some naked boots because when he runs the naked boot, he's able to create with his legs. Um, other than that, like, I think Josh Dobbs, too, like, I don't know if he felt he knew the offense better, but I know he got gun shy towards the end of the game because he threw the one pick, the corner route pick that was his fault. And then he had another chance, I think, to hit one down the field, and he decided to throw the hitch to TJ Hawkinson with a, a squat corner, which we talked about. That should have been interception number five. You can't throw a hitch 
to a squat corner late, it's going to be picked off or, or back, broken up. Mm-hmm. And I think he got gun shy because of the earlier interception where he kind of sees the corner squatting. The way to the way to hold a squat corner though is you pump him that way, like you're gonna throw short, and then you throw behind his head. That's where he screwed up the first time. Is there was no route threatening the corner route, and so there was no reason for that receiver. Now, great route concept, great defensive call by the Bears. The only thing Josh Jobs could have done better. I know he's trying to drive it in there because he had a safety behind and a corner in front. I don't know if that's the spot to throw the ball to. I mean, I know the film, hopefully, I know they're in their bye week, so their film guys might be like, man, we're out of here. Um, so hopefully the film gets loaded up today because I want to watch a little bit of some of those plays because I know we're, we're going to film some stuff today. Um, yeah. But that's that's kind of my thought is like, what what is possibly, here's the question too, Sam, for you, um, before we jump into the second segment, because we are going to talk about Josh Dobbs versus Kirk Cousins, what's next. Um, but even from a Viking standpoint, um, you know, their thought is defense. Like, because I always like to look at the Vikings questions of the week and what we're going to put on Vikings.com. Their question is, what do the Vikings need to do the next four to five games? Can they win four out of five? And what does the defense need to do? Like, what are your thoughts of the defense, Sam, through these 12 games? Through 12 games, very impressive. Very impressive. Um, Particularly the last nine. Mm. I mean, I think you can nitpick about what happened against the Eagles and the Chargers. After that, super solid. Now, last two weeks, they've been called upon to get a stop at the end, and they didn't get it done. But it's it's pretty hard, Ron, to point the finger at that group when they get they didn't give up a touchdown. Correct, right? I mean they they made they made Russell Wilson and the Broncos look terrible. They made the Bears offensively look terrible, and so. When you don't take advantage of that for the first three and a half quarters and then you need them to get a stop at the end, they don't do it. Yeah, it's a bummer, but it's also, man, it's tough. It's tough to really come down on them too hard because they're doing everything they need to do to give you a chance to win the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Teams are going to drive on you at the end sometimes. You know, they've got all four downs. They've got urgency. That stuff happens. You got to put teams away when you have the chance, and the Vikings didn't. But I'm, I'm really encouraged by like the body of work this defense has put forward. It seems like their their ranking goes up every week. I mean, yep, what are they yep. now after giving up 12 points? What are they? About 12th in the league on defense? That's insane. They have good. to be. Yeah, they were coming in this game. <clears throat> they were I think 15th. Um the I looked it up the Bears game before, so before the first Bears game, they were like 22nd. And now they've gone to 15th in points allowed. So, they are getting better every week. Like every week they've statistically gotten better um they, they figured out this offense they're turning the ball over at a high clip like tur- you know uh what was it was it two strip sack fumble or what no one strip sack fumble and then the josh metellus force fumble um it's not even all interceptions it's just they're turning they're finding ways to strip the ball turn the ball over uh rip it out like this defense plays for each other they're doing a good job um and that's why i think at this point mentally the vikings are thinking our defense probably needs to carry us a little bit down the stretch like Everybody felt like this was going to be a Kirk Cousins weighted shoulder heavy game, you know, every season or whatever, um, because the defense was giving up so many points because they were boomer bust with this blitz heavy offense and they lost three and all the seasons over trade Kirk Cousins, trade Justin Jefferson, uh, trade everybody. And then, oh, they win. Now they're in the playoffs. Oh, let's sign Justin Jefferson. Let's let's figure out how to keep Kirk for two more years. Hey, do y'all realize how crazy y'all sound, by the way? I just want y'all to know that, like the Twitter world. <laughs> or X world, whatever. Think about that, Sam. 
four weeks or well, yeah, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, it was trade everybody. That was all the stuff we were getting on the post game show, mm-hmm. on the postcast. Uh, you know, I saw in the comments on the on the YouTube, trade it, season's over, trade them, trade them all, and let's move on. Let's draft somebody. Who can we draft? Can we draft Drake May? They won a couple games. Oh, all right, let's 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 lock down Justin Jefferson. Like, come on, man. Yeah, act like we don't see this. Y'all are y'all are literally just of the moment. And now, like honestly, I'm of the moment. Like I woke up of the moment. I woke up missing this guy, number eight, because I don't think number eight throws four interceptions last night. Uh, he probably doesn't get out of some of those blitzes and those scrambles that Josh Jobs had. But I don't think Josh Jobs really did anything with him. What do you have? Eleven yards. Now some of it, of course, sacks take away from it. But he had like eleven yards rushing, like. You know, other than the mm-hmm. naked boot, that was the only time he really got go because it felt like even when he broke out of contain, he wasn't trying to gain yards right away. It felt like he was still trying to figure out, um, like, oh, I, I got to make a big play downfield. Like, it's not going to happen every – like, the Bears' defense, honestly, was actually – even as bad as they are statistically last night, they were pretty good. Like, they held their ground. Um, but we got to jump into the to the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, this whole Kirk Cousins versus Josh Dobbs. What are our thoughts on it? Uh, what do the Vikings need to do moving forward? What does it look like Kirk Cousins coming off an Achilles and Josh Dobbs at this point of the season? Do you bench him or do you keep playing him? We'll talk about that next. We have a word from our sponsors. Ron told us about his FanDuel adventures over the weekend, and you too can have fun at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot at FanDuel. New customers, bet a $5 money line bet. If you win, you get $150 in bonus bets straight to your account. Bet five on the money line, win it, $150 straight to you. And if you've been thinking of joining, now's the time to get in the action. Spreads player props, over-unders, more. So many ways to wager at FanDuel. You got first touchdown score. You got alternate lines. You got receiving props, uh, rushing props. Vikings are probably under in all those last night. Uh, You can find them all on the FanDuel Sportsbook app or FanDuel.com slash locked on. And bet the NFL. You still got about a month and change left. And then the playoffs. And that's when it gets fun. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Sam, Josh Dobbs, I'm going to let you go with this one first. Yeah. Do you bench him? Do you make him the second quarterback? Or do you give him a chance again in the next game? Uh, because, you know, I guess make him the second quarterback and bench him the same. Or actually, do you move him behind? Like, do you even have him as the backup next game? Like, do you start off the next game with Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall and then Josh Dobbs is, is QB3? Uh, is he QB2? Or should he be QB1 back in there? So one, two, or three, Sam. Uh, and, and you, you, I'm pretty sure you saw that too. Kevin O'Connell said he thought about benching him, uh, and bringing in Mullins in this game, but he kind of stuck with them. What are your thoughts? I am torn. I mean, I don't, I don't want coaches to be prisoners of the moment where they overemphasize one bad performance and throw out a guy who's played well. I think we can agree that Dobbs was really good, really good. Against Denver, he was, I just think, you know, good, good, maybe a little below average with the turnovers, uh, and then really bad against the Bears. My, I, I would, I, I would honestly like to give Jaron Hall another chance. I mean, Mullins is the veteran, but Jaron Hall is the upside. He's the intrigue. He's the young guy that I want to get a look at. But you also need to win these games. You've got no wiggle room, right? 
Like you've now you've got a half game lead in the wild card. Packers breathing down your neck. Rams breathing down your neck. You have to win if you're serious about the playoffs. And who gives you the best chance to win? Maybe it's Mullins. Maybe Mullins is the least turnover prone. He's kind of the the stable vet. Knows where to go with the football. Um, you know, Kirk or O'Connell might be more comfortable with him because he's a little more Kirk Cousins like. I'm torn, man. I I I think I would probably go Mullins, but I could mm. see the case for for Hall and Dobbs as well. Where are you at? I don't know. Like, I don't want to be like, okay, there's a problem. When you wake up today, <laughs> your mind is saying, Yeah, let's just see what Nick Mullins can do. Cause Nick Mullins um is more like Kirk Cousins. Jaron Hall, I feel like, is more like Josh Dobbs. Now, he did sit in the pocket against the Falcons and give you five for six on that first drive, uh, and then he got knocked out the game. I really just don't know. Now, here's where I do go with this, though. Josh Dobbs fundamentally has been good. This Vikings offensive line had been really good. Um, I don't know if Josh Dobbs even understands the escape route sometimes when when the blitz is coming because um, – there, there are ways to combat the blitz. There are ways to, like, I can even tell Kevin O'Connell was, like, shifting guys, moving guys, motion. Like, he was trying to give him indicators. Um, And the Bears, this was crazy. The Bears weren't really moving at all. Even if they were in man, I don't know if, because I was thinking about that, like, before the game, too. I was like, man, if I was a defensive coordinator, because uh, that's what people don't realize. Like, Tony Dungy became one of the best defensive coordinators because he played quarterback. And oftentimes, people assume, like, defensive guys – uh, need to become like I can't see a defensive guy truly becoming an offensive coordinator because that's really hard to do like just to know plays and how to call them and so it tends to lead to guys that have played quarterback in college or high school or whatever or just our offensive minded guys but Tony Dungy was uh, a quarterback now he did when he got to the Steelers with my dad he did switch over uh, to defense and, and coach the DBs uh, but he switched over to defense just out of college because hey you're a black quarterback and Today's NFL, Dungy probably would have been fine. Gotten drafted, played as a quarterback. Uh, but back then, most black quarterbacks weren't considered smart, weren't considered good enough to get the job done. So guys like Warren Moon and you know so on and so forth had to go to Canada. And then they got their shot to come back to the NFL. Um, but when you look at Tony Dungy, he was a good defensive coordinator because he knew offense because he played quarterback all through his life. And so I was thinking about that yesterday, like, what? what could a defense do to really confuse an offense? And I was trying to think from an offensive standpoint, what would mess me up the most? Well, if I motion and shift and you don't show me anything and my quarterback now assumes zone because you haven't moved, but you're still in man. You're just like saying, okay, he came over here. Don't move. We're just going to switch guys. Just everybody kick out one or everybody. So I noticed that they were sliding versus running. Every once in a while, you see a guy kind of move a little bit, but for the most part, it looked like they all slid. They stayed in some type of man look or two-man look, but they would slide, and the next guy would take them. And so they were doing a great job communicating. Now, the, the big plays that the Vikings had were because of the miscommunications of the, the slides and the switches and the way they were trying to do it. Oftentimes, I think guys were getting confused with who they would have because on the motion, you might have one, and then on the release, they cross. So it's like, oh, crap, Like what's our what's our cross rules? And if you screw up on the cross rules, which you see that a lot, guys messing up, guys missing, that's the problem. So in my mind, I felt like Josh Dobbs was getting confused by the Bears. Like, I just did not think that would happen. Like, they are one mm -hmm. of the statistically worst defenses in the NFL, 29th in a lot of categories. Um, but my biggest thing for Josh Dobbs last night, too, and I don't know if it's Kevin O'Connell's calls or what was going on, third down. 
Like the Vikings only faced third down nine times. The Bears, 18. If you double somebody's third down production, which means you're doubling the amount of third down plays, which means you're getting nine additional plays on top of that. I think it was what, 65 to 52 or something like that, where that was the play differential or 66 or 69 or something like that to, yeah. to 51. It was like 51 maybe is what the Vikings had plays, total plays. The Bears just were extending drives like they were they were taking what the defense gave them and then they were getting that first down. Uh, if not for that one Vikings drive, where it was a ton of penalties. I don't even know if the score looks like what it looked like. Like they don't get that field goal. Like they literally were gifted a drive with penalties, just yeah. penalty after penalty after penalty. I think that was right before the half. Like um, he's had four first downs from penalties. Bears had zero. Yeah. Like it was penalty after penalty. Like it was like dead play ball thrown out of bounds. Oh, wait. Yep. There's a flag. Crowd's cheering. Uh, wait. Yep. Oh, wait. Nope. Incomplete. Wait. Nope. There's another flag. I mean, it was just, it was like, come on, man. Like what is without that drive? They don't get that field goal. So we're not even, they're going into halftime three to zero. Imagine that, Sam. Or if if not six to zero, because the Bears, if they had to, if they would have had to punt, if they didn't call some of those BS holding calls on DBs, because you could call holding on a DB every play. Let's be honest. Like you literally could. Like the way they grab, the way they hold, you can probably call it every single time. If the ball's not thrown that way, if the corpus is not even looking that way, that's when I get sick of that. Because it's like some of those were backside. Like Brandon Powell got held backside and he was looking to the left the entire time he was never looking back to the right so why are you even throwing this flag like it didn't affect the play like he never looked that way but that's you can't do that because then you gotta pay attention to the quarterback too much and the refs already have enough to worry about but I just I just feel like Josh Dobbs I don't know like I'm not gonna call it a regression I just think Kevin O'Connell play calling wise um and that's where I was gonna go with this my answer is based off Kevin O'Connell's play calling if he calls plays to get the quarterback rolling out booting out I say go with Josh Dobbs. If you are really stuck in this offense with Kirk Cousins, because you have two weeks. You have two weeks to create some some true plays. I would watch Philly. I would watch the Bears, um, even though they, they're terrible. But I would still watch some of their play design. And I would watch the Chiefs, because they do a lot of behind-the-line scrimmage stuff too. That's the teams I would watch to try to help out and create some plays for Josh Dobbs in his next two weeks, if you're going to go with him. If not, yeah. I agree with you, Sam. I'd say go with Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall because they looked a little bit more like Kirk Cousins than Josh Dobbs does. And, and this might be the reason why he's a journeyman, why he's been bouncing around, because when you do let him cook and you let him go, I mean, honestly, I think what was, what was the Cardinals? They were one and seven with him or two and was it one and seven? One yeah. and seven. Yep. Yeah. So he wasn't winning there. I mean, he was making plays every once in a while, but he wasn't winning. Um, so you know, maybe we're seeing the true colors of it. I just know that Kirk Cousins crowd that was like, oh, Josh, Josh, I thought we couldn't win without Kirk Cousins. Y'all are real quiet, real <laughs> quiet right now. Really, really quiet. Um, you, Sam, know, what, you, you know, it's a little sorry. To interrupt, you know, what's a little interesting is that both with the Cardinals and the Vikings. And remember, Dobbs got traded right before the season. So same yeah. deal. He had to learn the playbook. Right. He actually played his best in those early weeks with the Cardinals, too. Same with the Vikings. And I wonder if Dobbs is just better when he feels liberated to just run and right. just play off instinct. Like, it's almost like the gears are turning right now. Like, he's thinking too hard. I got to stay in the pocket. I got to get to my second read. Instead of just bolting, where, where he improvised and he had a lot of success doing that. And it's like he, the more offense he knows, the more he gets in his own head. Do you think that's what's happening? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I would say that because, I mean, remember Justin Fields early in the year, he said he was thinking too much. Luke Getze was giving him way too much, and he was like last yep. night, Luke Getze let him just play. He's just like, throw it out your hand quick. 
There's not a ton of reads. Get out your hand. Because I felt like some of the throw, like I said, some of those screens he threw, there wasn't a read. Like he was just uh Justin Fields was just throwing it because I'm like, why would you throw that? And the dude is like, nobody's blocking this guy. And I I uh, I have it in my, my notebook, but I charted the first, I think, eight third downs or nine, and every single third and long, every single one, because he knew they were gonna blitz, was a screen to a running back or receiver. Every single one. Like Luke Getz, he said. Screw this. I'm not going to let them get a big sack or turnover on you on third down. Maybe we get a big play on, on a screen. Maybe we don't, but we're going to punt and live to face another day. Um, even the ones they got, like the third and shorts, it was quick runs, quick passes. Like he was getting getting Justin Fields out there. Like every once in a while, Justin, Justin Fields made some Josh Jobs magic happen. I mean, you saw that too. Like he was yeah. scramble, scramble, scramble. Oh, there's a wide open guy. Scramble, scramble, scramble. Oh, yep. There's another wide open guy. So even with that, it was like Justin Fields. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, uh, you've seen those movies like Monstars where you touch the ball and the powers go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe Josh Jobs shook hands with Justin Fields before the game and all his his Monstars powers transferred over to Justin Fields, and he was the lightning. He was the guy in the stadium that everybody – like, if it was his home crowd, like, if that was a Bears crowd for Justin Fields, he would have been getting uproars of cheers because he was making so many plays – so many plays like because and it was funny too because there were a lot of bears fans there because i would hear cheers and then i would realize like oh wait that that's not a vikings good thing that's the bears fans here just being loud because the vikings fans were quiet and that was weird too i don't know if it was monday night if it was the holiday hangover but it it didn't seem like a super loud stadium like it it seemed like it was kind of subdued at some points of the game uh almost in shock maybe that's what it was like people came to the game maybe just expected magic to happen and uh yeah no magic there was no there was no cinderella there was just a pumpkin you know there there was no stagecoach there was just a little rat like they're like that's 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 what it felt like people were expecting to see like all this magic they've heard about uh like you said this could have been their first game like you like first game i'm sorry buying a ticket and uh they walked Mm -hmm. into the stadium expecting to be like awed and shocked and just entertained and it wasn't a very entertaining game like it wasn't it was a bunch of punts bunch of field goals um, there was only one drive, the one drive to TJ Hawkinson, where Josh Jobs kind of figured it out a little bit. Maybe Kevin O'Connell called better plays. Um, but that was really it. That was really it, Sam. So I guess how about our- the um how about the Addison catch on the first play that didn't get challenged? Like, think about how that changes the game. Yeah, and that did hit the ground though. I watched the TV think- copy. Oh, yeah, really? we you okay. know, we see this, we can see the TV copy upstairs. The stadium wouldn't show, or maybe they don't have that angle. Cause I know ESPN has more cameras than the stadium does, but the ESPN copy, it hit the ground. Like we were all saying that too. We're like challenge, challenge, you know? And then as ESPN showed every angle for like the next couple seconds, cause they were trying to, you know, my guess is they were trying to show everybody at home. Like, Oh, like this is why he's not going to challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, it hit the ground. It did. So it bounced up. He did have it, but you know what? He didn't know he had it. Like, that's what was so funny. Like, I don't know if you've seen that video of Tyreek Hill doing that where it bounces oh, yeah. in his chest and he doesn't realize it's a touchdown. Yep. Yeah. And the refs don't either, and they just go with the next play. Like, <laughs> he ends up catching it, and it's actually a touchdown, but he assumed – I don't know what he assumed, to hit the ground or something because he just jumps up and tosses it back to the ref. Like, he doesn't even realize he caught a touchdown. Uh, that's what would happen. Like, when you watch it, it bounces. Addison has it in his right hand. And as he's rolling, it's almost like nonchalant. He just kind of like it just like the the it just ball just hits the ground. Like it's like he didn't if he had like did that and clinched, it's a catch. Mm-hmm. But I think he thought the same thing. I think he was thinking it was hit the ground because 
as he's rolling, he kind of had a, like a nonchalant arm and dude just kind of tapped it a little bit and it touched the Got ground. It. But it, it happened like within their close quarters, so you couldn't see it because their bodies blocked it. But on TV, you could see the ball did hit like the guy popped it down a little bit and it hit the ground. Jordan Addison grabbed it again to try to make it look like it because then he realized, like, oh, crap, wait, I had it. But it was too late. He reacted too late. And yeah, because he didn't clinch fat. Like he should have just grabbed it really quick and he would have had it and just roll, kept rolling. It had been the biggest play of the game. And maybe that changes the the, the scope, too, because Josh Jobs would have more confidence. The Vikings would have more confidence. The Bears would be early defeated. Like, oh, man, really? Like, we're, we're coming out like this? and this. But, again, I don't get that play either because you didn't give the DBs a reason. Like, I don't know if maybe he was – I mean, it's a chess move. Like, maybe he's thinking, like, hey, they know Josh Jobs doesn't throw deep, so let's just go deep. I don't know why you don't just throw some outs and slants to start the game off to let them get lathered up and warmed up before you just go throw a Hail Mary. Like – I'll never understand that. Like Kirk Cousins, to me, is a little bit better. That Josh Dobbs is not a vertical passer. Like he's not. He 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 because he's a good fifteen yard, twenty yard thrower. But like deep verticals, like we saw the one of Jordan Addison going out of bounds. Like if he just throws it down the field a little bit, the guy fell. Just throw it up in the air like a punt, and it's a touchdown. But he throws him out of bounds. So it is what it is. We got to move on to the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each um we're gonna have some fun with that well maybe a minute each we'll see but i want everybody to know check out our locked on sports minnesota postcast on youtube following every twins vikings wolves or gophers game our locked on team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders never miss a postcast by subscribing to locked on sports minnesota on youtube and you can also when you subscribe on youtube you can comment you can let us know what you're thinking during the post game show we actually do get to the comments uh we got to a bunch last night uh during the vikings postcast uh and all the fans kind of on the same page josh Dobbs needs to be benched so uh i don't know if it's gonna happen uh but that's definitely just people right after the game raw emotion let's see how people feel a week off of no football so this sunday you guys can just do a parlay with other teams where it doesn't really matter now. Ten dollars to a whole bunch of teams that don't matter to you—that's even better. Do that, and then let's 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 have some fun on FanDuel, and then we get to come back next week. And the Vikings are going to be in Vegas taking on the Raiders. Well, time for the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Ron. Tough to think about the playoffs right now, but I won't at this earlier and the Vikings they're still in playoff position and right now they would play either the 49ers or the Lions they, they play that two seed right now mm-hmm. which of those two opponents would you prefer in the first round for the Vikings Lions no question asked uh yeah. I just think the Lions are more likely to uh, make mistakes uh they haven't been there before in a while um I just think the 49ers are a well done machine they're built for the playoffs if they're healthy and that was the thing. Like, we got the Vikings kind of missing some guys. Uh, the people that beat the Vi- uh, 49ers, they're getting missing guys. When you see them at full strength, especially with Debo Samuel, they're just a different beast. Nothing against the, the Lions. I just think the 49ers are a better team. And so I'd rather play the Lions. Also, after seeing the Lions play the Packers, uh, I talked to Devondre Campbell on Saturday, and he kind of explained a little bit about the Lions offense and what they saw from them. And then as far as the, even the Lions defense for the Packers offense, uh, they just saw that the, the Lions defense fundamentally tries to bully you. And if you don't back down and that's where maybe the Vikings are a little bit different. They don't run the ball the way the Packers can with A.J. Dillon. Um, that, that's why it, they said the Lions just couldn't. Figure. And then by the time it was time to pass, now you're getting more man coverage. And so you saw Christian Watson and some of those guys being manned up and uh, just making the play. Like it wasn't like they were just killing them. They just made the plays the Lions did. So I would rather take the Lions on 
than the uh, 49ers. I don't know. What about you? Same. I mean, going to San Francisco feels like a 17-point loss for anybody. Playing at Detroit, the Vikings are just so used to that. Um, that doesn't that doesn't seem daunting to me. They probably would be underdogs still, but I would still much rather go into Detroit. Um, and that's interesting because if the Vikings, you know, play Detroit at the end and beat them, that could cost Detroit the two seed, and then the Vikings might have to play San Francisco. Uh, let's go to the Gophers. You wrapped up the uh, Gophers regular season with our postcast on Saturday, a twenty-eight fourteen mm-hmm. loss against Wisconsin, and a five and seven regular season uh ron does this season does it put pj fleck on the hot seat next year if things don't get better um yeah no like i I, it depends on this bowl game but it looks like they're probably gonna end up playing jerry kill again which actually makes it for a pretty fun like couple of weeks of talking about this bowl game versus jerry kill uh some of the drama we'll get petty you know i'm gonna get petty with it i got some inside tips about the life of jerry kill right now so we'll talk about that as well uh if that if that is who they end up playing uh but i think if they can blow out their bowl opponent like if it is like a jerry kill type team and pj does it that's the problem with pj fleck too is there's one thing about being like a good guy and he's a great guy because we've seen that like he could have put 50 before up on jerry kill and he didn't um sometimes you have to 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 kill somebody in order to stay alive and i think that's where pj fleck is headed uh, and when I say that, I mean all facets of his life. Like when you think about some of the coaches, um, it sounds morbid, but somebody has to die for you to stay alive. Like you got to fire some people. You got to make some changes to the play calling, maybe duties. Um, that's that's what coaches do. Like a lot of coaches, like they sacrifice the few for the many. And sometimes you got to do that. Like you got to sacrifice. Like I don't think there's ever going to be a time. I don't know if PJ Fleck things like Jerry Kill is ever going to like get over it. And I uh, want to make up with him. And so if he's nice to him, you know, when they play him and if he doesn't like embarrass him, uh, maybe PJ thinks like Jerry Kill. Remember, Jerry Kill is a petty old man. He doesn't give a crap. I would I literally would just like I don't know. I don't know if you've seen those John Wick movies. I just put him down. I would try to put up 100 on him and just show like, hey, this team is really good. We do have that killer instinct. Uh, and and that's somebody that I think that's a, somebody that has to die in order for you to live. I, like I would do that. It's killer be killed. Um, but no, I don't think so. Now, again, if he loses the bowl game, if a, a lower level team like I mean, but again, I think what New Mexico State uh, 10 wins, um, if they find a way to beat the Gophers, then yeah, starting next season. Yeah, I would say he would be a little bit on the hot seat. And then that schedule is not favorable to be on the hot seat next year because it's it is some 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 dogs out that they'd have to play. Now, the good thing is uh, UCLA is young. UC, USC is going to lose their quarterback in Caleb Williams and North Carolina is using their, losing their quarterback in Drake May. I don't know what they have in the tank for those guys. I'm guessing they're going to hit the portal. USC for sure probably will. Uh, I don't know if North Carolina is a portal type school to just go get a great quarterback, but I know USC is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see that as well. Like you think about Texas A&M, you know, all these schools that are losing coaches that had great players. <clears throat> some of those players might hit the portal. So I don't know. I think he might. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think he will? Um, you get, you got a pretty big buyout on that contract too. I mean, you can't just, if, if things went badly with Fleck, I don't know if you can just pull the plug like that. I think he gets, I think he gets next year. I think right. that he finishes next year. Um, I think it would take a lot to kind of undo what he's built here. So I, I think that even though people are very reactionary right now, um, let's just see how he fares in this new Big Ten before we make any any rash moves. And again, what, like, okay, you're going to tear down your program. Right. 
before this new Big Ten starts, that seems like a bad idea too. Um, So may as well just stick with what you have and see if he can make it work with different quarterback maybe next year, quarterback competition. Um, All right, Ron, do you want to do some math? The the Timberwolves are in their final in-season tournament game tonight, Mm -hmm. and it's going to come down to point differential, they hope, as the tiebreaker. So here's the deal. The Wolves have to beat the Thunder by 21 or more to have a chance. Because are they only taking the top guys, the top teams? Only go or what? Okay. Correct. Correct. Yes. So that you have to win the group. Um, And the only way the Wolves can win the group is by point differential. So they have to win by 21. And then later tonight, the Warriors have to beat the Kings, but not by too much. Or else, then the Warriors would have the better point differential. So it's got to be a Wolves <laughs> Wolves blowout. It has to be a Wolves blowout by twenty one or more. Mm-hmm. And then once we know that number, then the Warriors need to do their part. Uh, Ron, is there any chance this scenario comes true? Yeah, I mean, it, greater things have happened. Magic has happened before. Um, I think so, but like twenty one is a big number. Um, now the Thunder are out. Um, so I don't know if they care as much, um, but they're, they're clicking. Now they do have their own drama with Josh Getty. So maybe something comes out today that, you know, throws that off. I don't know why he's still playing by the way. Um, but maybe something comes out today that throws that off. Um, so it could happen, but the, 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 the thunder seem to be clicking just a little bit. Like they're not great, but they are clicking. Um, the funny thing though, is like the Lakers is not great, but they're four and oh. And have a seventy-four point, like you know, differential yeah. for their for their pool play. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, it, it's almost like LeBron's like an AAU team. Like they play better in tournaments than they do in the actual season because you know the before and no. But yeah, I, I think it could happen. Now the Warriors blowing the Kings out, I could see that. Like we just saw Clay Thompson. Uh, I don't know if you saw that presser where they were saying like Steve Kerr stuck with the starting five, and then Clay's like, "What? You want him to bench me? Like, oh, you thought he should bench me, huh? Okay, all right." You know, like, and he's like, well, I guess he's, he's like, well, I guess thanks then for sticking with me, Coach Kerr. Like, you know, it's like, well, it's Clay Thompson. Come on, man. Like, he's not going to bench you. But, you know, Clay's in his feelings. He's being real Drake and sensitive right now because uh, everybody's saying they're old and they're washed and this is not the same Warriors that we're used to um, because they're not dominating teams. But I could see them coming out, especially after those comments uh, this week about Clay and Steph and sticking with the starting five and, you know, all the crap and Draymond coming off suspension as well feeling like he didn't do anything wrong he's like look i just came to defense of my team you're not going to touch my guys and he's like you can't keep suspending me for stuff i did in the past like deal with this issue which is kind of a choke but not a choke he basically i was just getting him off of my guy um so i think they're coming out with something to play tonight like they're coming out to show people that they're still here they still can win a, a championship so i could see them blowing the kings out but that might be the funniest part they might blow the kings out by too much and, right. And, and then when that, that happens, that's what's yeah. funny, Ron, because th- this is what this tournament opens up, because if let's say the Wolves win by 30, right? Like, let's just say that that crazy thing happens. Yep. So that means the Warriors would have to win by 23. Which could and happen. so so in the fourth quarter, are they going to have Draymond and Clay and Steph in the final minutes trying to, to pump the margin up? That's what I'm really intrigued to see if how they how they operate there. Yeah, because I don't know if you saw the Pacers game where they got into a fight kind of at the end of a game. Because the Pacers oh. guys were screaming for the guy to score, and he's like looking like like I just want to dribble this out, yeah. and then he still goes and shoots and misses, 
And then, like, the other team gets it, then they're kind of chest to chest, like, man, this is BS. And then he's looking at his teammates, and his teammates are, like, trying to tell the guy, no, nah, no, nah, man, it's the points. We need the points. Because um, they had already won the game, but he was just dribbling the ball out. Yeah. And they're screaming, no, go score, go score. And so people were saying that uh, that needs to probably change, like, this whole point differential thing, which is kind of mm -hmm. like college, or not college, like AAU, um, where, you know, points matter and blah, blah, because of pool play. And, they're like, look, just make it. Let's make it about just the record, and then let's find a head-to-head -head way to break it down. Like, hey, head-to-head, -head, you guys. Like, here's your like, whatever, like um, your like opponent. Because if you take like opponents from the whole season, like, so the first thing is just record in the end season. Then if you tie, then we're gonna go to the out the regular seat. You know, the actual score of like like opponents. Mm -hmm. Then you take out this point crap. Of dudes trying to do this in the NCAA tournament, put up points on people, scoring late, pissing people off. Um, because like the other team might just give given up anyway. The other side of that is you then actually make people keep playing and the season matters too in this. Like you're right, you can't just like the Lakers, you can't just come in here and be four and oh and you suck during the regular season. Like, we're gonna take some of that too. I think they have yeah. to, and again, this is new, so they're gonna have to figure this out, but. Yeah, it could happen, and the Warriors might end up being number one and going. And that that and, and we know that's what they want, like because they're like, look, y'all talked about us, and we you know we're we're washed up and da da da. And all right, we're about to show y'all. And then they go out and win the NCAA tournament, and then that's all she wrote. And then they come back and they went into NBA championship, and then we're like, I remember when, I remember when Rudy Gobert got them started by getting choked, and the Warriors flipped a switch and just went on a run. <laughs> Oh, man, but that'll do it for us today on the Ron Johnson Show. <laughs> Ron Johnson, that's Sam Ekstrom. That's Rudy Gobert getting choked. Make sure you guys uh, make sure to find Locked On Sports Minnesota 24-7 on the YouTube live stream for your favorite Minnesota sports shows around the clock. It's Vikings, Wolves, Wild Twins, and Gophers at all hours of the day. Thank you, and have a great one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.